This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Justine's Dress Shop. Justine's Dress Shop. Get your underwhelming prom dress at Justine's and make your dad say, You remind me of your dead mom. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's prom on Pod Cemetery with 1987's Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, and 2020's Killer Prom, a Lifetime Original. <laughs> Getting right into our first movie, Prom Night 2, 1987, directed by Bruce Pittman and written by Ron Oliver, starring Lisa Schraj, Michael Ironside, and Wendy Lyon. That's right, Michael Ironside. Yes, the I, I, maybe not the best part about this movie, but a pretty great part about this movie is that Michael Ironside is in it. <laughs> the weird part of me is like, oh, Michael Ironside, that's Splinter Cell, man. <laughs> What is Splinter Cell? What is Splinter Cell? It's sort of like the game that revolutionized covert gameplay, <laughs> I guess. Sam Fisher is voiced by Michael Ironside. Ah. Um, but he's also the guy that makes the other guy's head blow up, which makes Kelsey very sad. Yes, it does. <laughs> he's also in Starship Troopers. <laughs> he's everywhere. It's Michael Ironside. <laughs> Looks the same in every single movie. Yeah. Uh, although he, I'd say if anything, he's maybe a little bit more different in this movie well, than he is in his other roles. he's a different person in this movie. But, but like a different looks, type of person. But he looks oh, he's, exactly He's the Michael same. Ironside. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no changing his appearance. Uh, the movie, as you may already have gathered, had you watched the movie... <laughs> Has nothing to do with the original Prom Night. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be at all connected to Prom Night. And yeah, and then they got the the um, the rights, and then they did some reshoots, and they changed the title. And they didn't change much of the storyline. It takes place at the same school. Yeah. And they threw in that line from the first one. It's not who you go with, it's uh, who takes you home. It's not who you go with, honey. Two takes you home. Like that, and that's it. Just small little like nods to the original. Otherwise, no Jamie Lee or anything related to the original. Don't even mention that it happened. Nothing. Right. Yeah. Hey, remember the murders at the school? <laughs> it's supposed to be the same school. You don't mention it. Anyway, Kelsey, Isn't it what? Crazy that people keep dying at <laughs> our proms. <laughs> Maybe we should stop having proms. <laughs> Kelsey, what is prom night two all about? <laughs> prom queen of 1957 is lit on fire. Yep. In a prank gone wrong. <laughs> That's a connection to the original prom night. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and um, so her spirit is like trapped at the high school. And when a girl stupidly for basically no reason, opens up this trunk 
Uh, that she, has her spirit in it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, <laughs> releases her spirit to haunt their prom. I would say that this movie has more to do with Carrie than it does prom night. It should have been a Carrie At sequel. one point, it just becomes Carrie. Yeah, uh-huh. But not... But this movie has its own stuff going for oh, it. Oh, totally. It has, it has like... This movie is wacky and yes, off the wall. It is. You can watch it at a butt ton of places with ads or with a subscription, so I'm not going to list them all. You can rent it for $3 on Google, YouTube, or on Microsoft Store, or $4 on Apple. You can buy it for $7 on Apple, Google, and YouTube, or $10 on Microsoft. Kelsey, should people watch Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2? I'm very conflicted about this question. Because I so, so badly want to really like this movie. It has so many things going for it. That I really enjoy about it. But it's really boring. Uh, yeah. So, like, I don't know if I should... I, I guess you should see it just because it's nuts. You should not see it if you want a sequel to Prom Night. And that's oh, the most remarkable part not. of it. Yes. <laughs> if you're looking for... If you look, if you loved the original Prom Night, which, don't get me wrong, I really like yeah, the Yeah, we like the original Prom Night. Prom Night. Uh, but if you're looking for a connection to that, this is not that. It's not even that kind of movie. N- no. It's completely There is no disco dancing. Different. Yeah, I know, unfortunately. <laughs> but it is... So deeply strange. And that makes it interesting. But and it's moment to moment is a little, like you say, boring. And it's not terrible. So like No, it's not. It's wacky and off the wall and But like, like intentionally so. Right. So like what um what's the New Year's movie? It's really wacky and off the wall where they're in the hotel. And it's connected to the 50s, which is why I am really feeling the connection. Bloody New Year? Bloody New Year. So, like, Bloody New Year is super off the wall and weird, but it's bad. Yes. It's really, really bad, right? This is not bad. It's... Just off the wall? Yeah. It is so... It is so bizarre. Yeah. And... I, I was reading something about it that said, like, uh, there was, like, one good review in the L.A. Times or something like that that called it, like, the blue velvet of yes. of high school horror movies or yes. whatever. And it's not. It's not as weird as blue velvet, But though. it's along, like, it starts down that path where it's just, what is, there's no explanation, just weird shit's gonna happen. But it still all makes sense. Yes. And that's what is good about it, whereas Bloody New Year is just a big hodgepodge of shit, uh-huh. right? This, it, it actually has a story going through it. And it's funny because I'm like, I feel like the creators of the faculty really like this movie. Because there's a part in this that in I was like, rooms. damn! Like, not shot for shot, but pretty dang close. Yeah. Of a naked chick that's evil walking around. Uh-huh. Um, in the locker rooms. Naked yeah. and, uh-huh. like, talking very... Like, she's commanding the room, uh-huh. you know? And you're seeing a lot of her feet walking through the lockerways. And somebody gets crushed in the lockers? Yes. <laughs> yes. Except in a different way. I would say that the way it happens in this was, like, shocking. <laughs> Ridiculous, but shocking. You knew something was going to happen, but you didn't expect what happened to happen. I would, you know what? I'm, unashamedly, I would say, yes, you should watch this. But you're going to be so bored. Maybe... 
but it's worth seeing at least once. <laughs> you can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1987's Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Vicky's getting ready for the prom. Good morning, prom queen. Only nominated, not the winner. But she's about to get a visit from the past. I've been seeing things. Hallucinations about Mary Lou Maloney. That girl who died at our school. My mind plays strange tricks. It's not my mind, damn you. It's Mary Lou Maloney. We're in trouble, you and me. What are you talking about? Mary Lou Maloney has come back. It's like I'm not in control of myself. I am afraid I might hurt somebody. Somehow her spirit has come back from the grave and she will come after you and me. This is the only thing that will protect you. Tina, be gone. Be gone? Come on. You're not leaving this house. Now, Mary Lou has found her way back. And Mary Lou is coming out to party. Hello, Mary Lou. From night two. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Prom Night 2 begin? We are introduced to Mary Lou uh, confessing her sins and all the bad things that she's done. And then she says, and I loved every minute of it. And uh-huh. she's written with her lipstick um, for, for a, a good, good time, time call called Mary Lou. Herself, which is interesting. Yeah, she is unashamedly evil, pretty much. Yeah, I mean... Well, she becomes evil. Yes, she definitely becomes evil. She is a villain in this story, but, like, she's just super promiscuous and loves it, and she owns it. And doesn't give a shit yeah. who she tramples uh-huh. on. Yeah. So she's at the prom, and she's having a great time, and she's got a boyfriend that she's apparently had for over a year, but that doesn't matter because she's been hooking up with everybody. It's a young Michael Ironside. Yes, not... <laughs> Not, not an not actual literally. young Michael it's Ironside. It's an actor playing a younger Michael Ironside, yes. <laughs> uh, so she asks him to go get her some punch. And as soon as she, as soon as he leaves, she goes off with another dude behind the stage. Yes. While they're back there making out, he asks her, why are you with that guy? That square. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, well, because he treats me right. And his dad is rich. Rich enough to make Billy cool. Yes. Um, and But unfortunately for her, this guy's going to hear her say that. Billy's going to hear her say that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, like the entire time, I really like the prom scene. I think it's well done. Uh-huh. Uh, Tutti Frutti is playing. Yeah. And she, whenever Mary Lou is on stage, the energy is up. Yeah. You know, and this movie needs that. This movie needs to be Fun and energetic. And it loses that sometimes, which is why when we say, like, it can be boring, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's going to say the line, because the guy's going to say, what the fuck, Billy is going to say, what uh-huh. the fuck? And she's going to say, it's not who you come with, it's who you leave with. It's who takes you home, yeah. You came with me. It's not who you come with, it's who takes you home. Scram! <laughs> See you later. And so Billy 
super pissed off, goes to the bathroom to sulk and wash his face or whatever. No, wash off the punch that she stole oh, right, on him yeah. that he went to get for her. Uh-huh. And he overhears these nerds planning a, a prank at the school. With they, a stink bomb. They got a really big stink bomb that they're going to release. A teacher comes in. And who, they trash it. Well, one of these... So, we're not going to remember all the names of all the characters because they're obscure. They only have one scene or whatever. But there are a lot of them that have horror movie names because horror movies are incestuous that way. Like, the industry is very incestuous. And they're constantly naming characters after uh, directors. Right, so there's a Craven in this. There's a Carpenter in this. Notice the Carpenter. Um, there's a Romero. Like, so there's a lot of horror movie director names in this. So one of the teachers with one of those horror movie names comes in, and they have the foresight enough to hide it uh, and get out of there before he catches them. But then Billy's like, "Well, I might be able to repurpose this. I'm gonna fuck with Mary Lou because certainly she's gonna win prom queen, right?" And he goes up into the rafters above the stage as she's winning and waving to everyone and everyone's cheering for her. Uh, from above comes this prank that ends up having more damage than they originally anticipated. <laughs> Carrie. He lights it on fire. He lights the, the, the fuse and drops it down behind her and it rolls next to her, catching her entire dress on fire. And I guess it's the 50s and fire safety wasn't really that big a thing. No one knows stop, drop, and roll. It just, just does not exist in horror But movies. I mean, like, all your dress material is the most flammable fucking thing. Yes. She just goes up. And as she's screaming on stage on fire, nobody does Anything. anything even billy is willing to give himself up nobody really notices except for the guy she was cheating on him with nobody really notices he's up there but he's like screaming somebody do something help her this is not what i intended <laughs> and fucking nobody does anything meanwhile the guy that that she, she was, was cheating, cheating on, on with is like sobbing he's having a breakdown <laughs> and she's burning on stage also, not doing anything. Yes. She dies on stage. And then we, I mean, they're telling us that her spirit gets sucked into. We get this. one of those Evil Dead camera things where yes. it goes down. There are a couple of those. But I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, no explanation. It just happens. Deal with it. Put it to this trunk where they apparently lock away her cape, which she didn't want She to didn't wear. wear. And the and crown, the which crown, she never, got, which put never on got put on her. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the, sh the sash as well is in there, too. Uh, it all goes in this trunk, which is just sitting on its side. Thus, her spirit is trapped for 30 years. There's also a lot of Carrie in the the new family as well. Oh, yeah, because we have a, a religiously oppressive mother. Yep. Yes. Uh, who abuses her daughter, but not as bad as Carrie White's mother. No. But, but she has a father figure in this uh, in this family. Um <sighs> So just bizarre. to be weird later? Yeah, it's so bizarre. He doesn't need to be in the movie at all. He has no agency except for one moment later where it's like, what the fuck was that? So both movies are going to remind me, uh, the second movie way more, but both movies are going to remind me a little bit of um, The Loved Ones. And this is this movie's connection to The Loved okay. Ones. Yeah, well, we'll get specifically to, to that later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a little bit, actually, now that you mention it. But yeah, he's going to be like, you know, more on his daughter's side. But too pathetic to do anything exactly. about it. it. It 
the mother is the domineering one and she controls what goes on in this household. But she is dating somebody against her mother's wishes, this young boy on a motorcycle who is Bill's son. The now principal's yeah. son. So the guy who got rejected and set his girlfriend on fire is now the principal of the school. Nobody knows except Buddy Cooper, the guy who Mary Lou cheated on him with. Who is now, now a priest. priest. Well, it really fucked with him. And so he he went on the straight and narrow and became a priest to, I guess, get some absolution. Uh, we see him multiple times in a confessional. So there is a sort of theme of, of absolving oneself of guilt. But uh, yes, her boyfriend is Billy's son. So the principal's son. Michael Ironside's son. <laughs> Let's talk about the fashion in this movie. Because the fashion is going to become important because when she starts to dress all 50s-like, which is super cute. Yeah. Uh, she's going to she's going gonna dress to... all 50s-like and everyone's going to be like, what the fuck are you? I'm fashion uh, crime or whatever. Yes, fashion and victim. It is very important to pull this, call this out because this is some of the worst... 80s fashion I have ever seen. Kelsey likes to imagine that the <laughs> 80s were music videos. <laughs> because she was born in the late 80s. I was born in the year this movie came out. <laughs> and uh, it did not live through it. But she loves what became pop culture about it, right? <laughs> but as somebody who went to school in the 80s, <laughs> I can tell you, yes, that was what it was actually like. It is the worst. A lot of stonewashed jeans. And And everything is huge. (laughs) Yes, yes. Everything is huge. Oh, my God, when you see her friend. Oh, my God. She walks out a door with one of her friends, and I couldn't help but reacting. It's she a looks like reaction when yes. she gets on, on screen. I mean, she's she obviously has this very cure look, you know, <laughs> that she's going for in her hair. <laughs> How much fucking Moose. hairnet she used, whatever that stuff was. You know, the pinkish, purplish hairspray can. Like, how much she used of that. Oh, my God. Anyway, really bad 80s fashion, really, for sure. Really bad. So when they call her out... As being a fashion victim, I'm just like wearing Holy something shit. that's actually really cute. She yeah. looks so much cuter than any of you do. She looks so much cuter than any of yes. you do. Yes, uh huh. Her boyfriend wants to take a year off and like learn about life and get a job. Like, not go and travel, but get a no, job. He just wants to. He doesn't. He's not ready to go to college yet. He tells Michael Ironside, his father, about this, and he handles it really well. Like, you expect a movie to be like, oh, this is the conflict between the father and the son. He's just like, come on, you're supposed to be going to college. What are you doing? And he's like, no, I don't. I don't actually want to. I think it'll be important to like go out there, get a job, wait a year, take a gap year. And then go, and he's like, okay, if that's what you want to do. I think it's a mistake. Right. I think it's a mistake, but you be yourself. And I was like, Jesus Christ, is Michael Ironside a good guy after he killed his girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Trying to be a better person, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 
this right after that scene is when we meet this new friend and it's just like oh my god that outfit and that hair jesus <laughs> she has a couple of friends because she's gonna need fodder the other friend is just kind of a harsh person and like no guy will no guy stands a chance because she turns them all down but she yeah. like, doesn't realize that she turns them all down. right she's like why won't any guy ask me out and as she's saying that some guy is like well hey you know the prom's coming up i can't believe this I'm 18, I'm stunningly good-looking. Prom's like a week away, and I don't have a date. Excuse me, Monica. Could I speak to you after school? Get lost, asshole. So why don't guys ask me out? Okay, so there's, like, this um, girl that she's fighting for for prom queen? Kelly, yeah. And apparently also her other friends are also up for it, too. But it's mostly between... Our main chick and Vicky. Vicky, this we girl. haven't said her name. Her name's Vicky. Vicky yeah. Carpenter. Yes. So the girl is talking about this dress, and it sounds hideous. But also, I'm like, I, the whole time I was like, sounds like she's describing Rizzo's dress in Greece. And then when we finally see it, I was like, yes, that's Rizzo's dress from Greece. <laughs> like, Interesting. Yeah. It's funny because they made fun of a girl for wearing, wearing 50s, 50s clothes, yeah, and uh-huh. then she's wearing a 50s dress uh-huh. to prom. But nobody notices. Yeah, but Kelly's the worst until you feel absolutely terrible for her later. Oh. Well, <laughs> I she mean, decided yes. to do that to get prom yeah, queen. She is the Make victim of her choices. own choices. That is true. But, like, you just oh, the start guy to is empathize with her. You yes. realize that you don't like this guy. Even the guy that like, you start to like, like, you right away. You him because he was in love with the girl that uh-huh. is harsh to everyone. And yes, is and willing. they were very cute together. They were very cute and, together. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, he totally abuses this chick for... I think maybe he just didn't think she'd do it. Because right. he didn't want to do it. Right. So she comes to him later and she's like, hey, you're the one that's in charge of the prom ballots. The computer that does the, oh my God, the computer stuff. Because it's the 80s, uh-huh. so computers were Nobody big has deal. any idea how computers work. Right. But so he, she wants him to, uh, she wants him to make her prom queen. He's like, I'm not going to fucking do that. I don't care how much money you give me. Because she thinks she can just m- throw money at all her problems. Uh-huh. Which is hilarious because was Sears a nice place? That, it felt like a joke about the 80s. Because she got her prom dress at Sears. And yes, I mean, Sears leading up to the 80s. And it was a nice also place. In the, no, it was just a place where you got everything. Literally like a Target. Everything, yes. So but would like it be before, like saying you got your prom dress at Target? No, but it was like, like I, I, I can't explain it to you. It is kind of like Target, but there was a feeling around it that was different. It was a big box store before what we understand now as being a big box store. You know, you get your your clothes at Sears. You know, you get your pictures taken at Sears. You get your power tools at Sears. You get your dishwasher at Sears. You get, like, everything that you could possibly want. It's like a Kohl's and a Target and a Best Buy, like, all in one. And they have this big fucking catalog that they send out. And, like, it has all their products. And it's... It just felt like somebody today making a reference to what life was like in the 80s. It was that on the nose. <laughs> but so she's going to go to this guy and she's going to ask him to make her prom queen. He says no. And then he says, fine, here's my price. And he types it out and you don't get to see it. And I immediately was like, oh, he's asking for sex. Yeah. And she says, fuck you, you know, and walks away. Uh-huh. But it's like, no, Fuck you for trying to get him. Right, you're not a good person in this right, scenario. Right, to do to to lie about who won prom queen. 
But I think he did that because he knew she was going to say no. Right. It and was then, a vulgar thing for him to do, but, like, he wasn't serious about it. Right, because he knew she'd say no. Uh-huh. And then when she finally says yes, it's almost like, holy shit, really? Okay. It doesn't make him a good person. He's right. still a bad person, but, like, yeah, it. everyone all around. Like, it made you... It made you empathize with somebody you didn't like who was doing a bad thing of her own volition. But it also made you dislike somebody that up to that point you had a lot of affection for. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we're talking about something that happens way later in the movie. So, yes. Vicky goes to school and she has her competition in Kelly. She has two girlfriends that never talk to each other, which is weird. And they look a little bit alike if it weren't for their outfits. Oh, no. At first I thought, oh, my God, did she change? (laughs) This is her look off campus. uh, No, they are two different people. Yeah. But I do. Okay. I did notice. Did you notice their weird ass classes? It goes from like this total ballet class to this art class where you can do anything and make yes. anything as uh-huh. like, it's what just is an this open, high school? Just an open art class and you do whatever you want and the teachers will let you stay there. Just look up when you're done. <laughs> Which is what's going to happen to this girl later on. But so, our girl, I guess it's because, I guess it's because her mom won't let her buy a new dress for prom. Yeah. She goes uh-huh. looking in the costumes area, I guess. Yes. And decides to open up this trunk that hasn't been touched for 30 years. Yes. And she takes out the prom stuff that she finds in there, including the crown, which looked like shit to me, but apparently it's like real glass, so it's really nice. Yeah, and, and there's something about the gems in there, so there are like these I mean, <laughs> Whether it's real or not, obvi- I think obviously it's not. It's a, It was a high school in the 50s. Of course, it's not real. But, like, if you popped the gems out, like, it was some sort of horrible offense to the spirit. Um, It's just a horrible offense to any prom queen. I have a tiara from one of my dances uh-huh. that I won not because I was voted, guys, but because my name was picked out of a fucking hat, okay? Because uh-huh. they weren't going to do a popularity contest and hurt somebody's feelings. I guess, but um, so the least popular girl in the seventh grade got called up, or eighth grade. Uh, anyway, a gemstone is missing from it, and it breaks my heart right, every then, time I look at it. But then magically, like, the, the stones will, like, and then snap back to it, you know? Like, it's, it's After she it has something to do with her power. For taking it out. Yeah, uh-huh. So that's going to be the, our first death is actually this girl. With the giant hair and the giant clothing. First of all, she's really upset because she finds out that she's pregnant. Yes, by and, a guy who doesn't give a shit about her. Right, and so Vicky meets her in the bathroom and... You know, sits with her. She's crying, listens to her, comforts her. Is all in all a really good friend. But then that night, this girl is just alone. Roberta Smith, I'll call her. Because she's like Robert Smith from from The Cure. <laughs> uh, and uh, she's alone in the art room. And she she looks at this at the stuff that Vicky had brought in and showed to everybody. Because I guess they're all part of the prom planning committee and stuff like that. She wants to use it for the winner this year or something. And she, yeah, she pries out one of the gems, and I guess the spirit is very upset by this. At first, nothing, keep in mind, we don't see anything, like, yanks her and pulls her closer to the paper shredder, the paper um, cutter, right? And I said right then and there, same thing I said when I watched The Faculty, those things can't cut through paper. Yeah. (laughs) And it's about to cut her on, on her neck, and then doesn't. 
instead uses her scarf or whatever to hang her from the lights, killing her. It's like, okay, it's gonna it's gonna look like a suicide. But then after she nope. hangs her from the lights, throws her bodily out the window. She crashes to the ground, but nobody bothers to confirm the cause of death. But I just love that. Yes. Just out of the, just the, the, she's dead, and then it cuts to a, a shot of the window outside, and then just crash. You're like, what the fuck? She falls to the ground, obviously dead. Oh, nobody, nobody inspects the cause of death. This whole time, they're playing Mary Lou. By yeah, Ronnie on the radio. Hawkins. Yes. You got to be playing that throughout your totally. description of this. And they just like, oh well, she committed suicide. But like, yeah, I mean, okay, fine, like. If, if you know that she was strangled, but you didn't check that. Because if you did, you would know that she didn't then, after she died, jump out the window. Exactly. Sorry, not out the window, through the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the way she would have had to have fallen. Uh-huh. Like, And they just write it up as a suicide. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, okay, so the spirit of Mary Lou... Basically can run around and do what she wants, but she just decided to take over Vicky. Vicky. Well, because she wants to be prom queen. Yes, but very, very slowly she takes over her. Yeah. But occasionally she'll flare up in Vicky in kind of what seemingly natural ways. So, like, the bitch, the bully, is going to say shit about, oh, she's going to say, wow, one less person to beat out for prom queen. And and that seems super fucked up. Uh But then out of nowhere, Vicky, who's like, you know, she brought up by a religious strict mom. Very, yeah, normally. You shut your fucking mouthing, bitch. (laughs) Where did that come from? And everyone thinks, where did Uh that come from? The competition seems to be dwindling. You two should take the hint from Jess. You shut your fucking mouth, bitch! Including the bully who's, like, offended. But who cares, because the bully's a bitch. But yeah, also- yeah, fuck her until later when you hey. feel bad for her. <laughs> uh, we also see, I think it's Buddy, again, the priest, who visits her grave. Mary Lou's grave, because we will see here. Mary Lou Maloney. 1940 to 1957. May her soul rest in peace. And that grave- is going to become important a little later. Yes. Okay, this is where we start to get really off-the-wall shit. So the way that they're going to show you that her spirit is being taken over by Mary Lou, the way they're going to confirm it The makeup? No. She starts wearing makeup like Mary Lou. I think that's later, but Mm. she maybe. But yeah, and when she does, she looks great, Mm -hmm. in case I didn't write that down. (laughs) Like, I love, just, I love, the- it's so funny because 50s and 80s aesthetics are my favorite. Uh-huh. And yet this is like the worst 80s aesthetics. Uh-huh. And this is the best 50s aesthetics. Anyway, the way they're going to confirm it is she's basically, the best way I can describe it, she's going to go into the upside down. Yeah, so she's going to start hallucinating things. And I think, yeah, the upside down is a great way to describe it. Like, like she's fallen asleep and freddy's after her or something like that like her her real environment is going to become nightmarish tell us about some of these visions one of them happens while she's getting lunch yeah and the lunch lady yeah it felt very freddy uh the way the lunch lady like handed her the disgusting food and there's bugs everywhere and And when she looks down at like the green beans she sees Mary Lou's face mm-hmm. come up in it. And it's just, 
very strange and very off the wall, and I really appreciate these right. scenes. It, it's they thought about how they can communicate her mind being taken over by Mary Lou, and they put some fucking effort into it. Surprisingly so. We also find out that she doesn't want to go to school, probably because her boyfriend doesn't want to go to school. She wants to take a year off, yeah, too. Yeah, she also wants to take a year off. And then another one of those scenes is going to happen when they are playing volleyball. And it's really pretty fucking creepy. She'll she'll just be playing volleyball, and all of a sudden, she goes into the upside-down dream world. Well, she gets hit in the head by a ball um, from Kelly. Kelly intentionally chucks a ball at her head and knocks her out. And then she wakes up and she goes into this dream world. Well... When she turns, the net turns into a web. Yeah, like this black sort of something you might buy at a store Halloween style like web. And then she gets all wrapped up in it. And this is her going more and more being taken over by Mary Lou. And I think it's right before then that's when she does her makeup. And I was like, oh, she looks really good. Yeah. She, at one point, you could tell me if I'm skipping over too much. But at one point she goes home and her like... Merry-go-round horse. Yes, so this that night she goes home and she has a whacked out dream. Okay, so But first it's not all, a dream we find out later. That's a real demon te- that's taken over her, her horse? horse. Yeah. Apparently this is one of the scenes that they refilmed, so it's part of the reshoots. And they hired the writer, Ron Oliver, who wrote the screenplay, to rewrite certain scenes and add certain things in and hired him to direct them. The horse is one of them. The chalkboard that we're going to get to later, which I fucking loved, is one of them. obvious what it was. Sure, but it was still visually cool. Right, but Nightmare did better job with this and they were doing it years before this. But it still felt like Nightmare type stuff. And but Nightmare like seemed more nightmare. seamless, whereas this it was like, oh, I can tell that's a pool. But like they 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 filmed it in such a way that it looked cool. <laughs> anyway, but this rocking horse that turns into this evil thing also felt very Freddy like because it has the tongue that moves around. Yes, uh-huh. like the tongue from the from first the phone with the yeah. phone. But I thought this scene was well done. Again, it has this energy. These moments, these scenes have this all this crazy kinetic energy and then whenever it's just regular normal stuff it's just everything is drained yeah all the energy is gone yep so she is like but like there's a lot of her getting felt up at one one of the scenes where she's walking around school and everything goes into the upside down there's this guy who's like hello mary lou and like goes to hook up with her and like totally physically attacks her and in this moment again it feels like she's being physically attacked by yeah. all these hands that mm-hmm. come out and grab her. And she's going to get grabbed by her science teacher, too, inappropriately. Yes, yes, which will get Mary Lou to set him on fire, which I thought was hilarious. Uh-huh. But there's, like, some hands that come through a mirror, and at first I thought it looked really good. But again, it turns too much into water. They needed to keep the effect of it looking like it was a mirror. Yes. It became too... But the way they do the, these water scenes where where solid objects turn into like water is they basically recreate everything in the shot but 90 degrees so it's now the floor but the camera is now shooting from above and i thought that that was like super effective at looking like it was sideways like it didn't look cheap i would say 
You could tell what they did. It was obvious what they did, but it didn't look cheap. True. And I will give them credit for that. So she's going to go to church because her mom's like, you need to confess your sins because she like throws her radio and breaks it. Right. But before this, just real quick, Buddy visits Bill. So Buddy, the priest who was the dickhead in the in the past and Bill, the principal who set her on set, fire, set her on fire. Buddy will go to Bill and be like, something's going on. I think Mary Lou is back. And Bill's not having any of it. What a bunch of bullshit. But it's interesting that they're like, they're having a conversation where, like, Buddy is like, he knows what Bill did. And they're just both trying to get sort of absolution for themselves. Like, that's what this is. And so they're able to talk about this from the same side. Like there isn't any aggression towards one another, which I thought was an interesting dynamic that they had because they've like gone through something traumatic together. Now, granted (laughs) it is Billy's negligence that led them to that, but buddy feels personally responsible because of how crass and flippant he was with people's lives Mm -hmm. that might've led to people making rash decisions. I that's really compelling stuff in a fucking prom night sequel. (laughs) But anyway, he can, he comes to Billy and it's like, something's going up, man. Mary Lou might be back. And Bill says, you don't know what you're talking about. Mary Lou Maloney has come back. Please, listen to this. If a person dies violently, unfulfilled in a life mission, the soul wanders purgatory for eternity, waiting for the opportunity to return for revenge. Somehow her spirit has come back from the grave and she will come after you and me. Jesus Christ, buddy. You've been celibate too long. She can't touch me. I'm a priest. But she will enter your body and possess you, her murderer. You must take communion to protect yourself. Don't touch me. For God's sakes, Bill, she's going to kill you. This, this is the only thing that will protect you. I don't need protection from something that happened 30 years ago. I've heard enough of this crap. Get out of my when Vicky goes to see Father Cooper, yeah, she tells him, I think there's something happening at my school with Mary Lou. Asks him, do you believe in ghosts? And so this confirms it for Father Cooper. So he goes and does like his own little like... Investigation? Well, the body of Christ compels you. Like his yes. whole like exorcist scene where he's yeah. just by himself. He's, he's exercising nothing. <laughs> yeah, weird and yeah. they just they were like we should have this because there's a priest and there's a ghost uh-huh. so this yeah. should be in the movie for some reason will you help me father of course child will you pray for me yes will you fuck me is what she says to him is that what she says to yes. him i did not uh-huh. write that down will you help me father of course child will you pray for me yes Will you fuck me? Come on, buddy. It's a big, free country. (laughs) Right, buddy? Dear God. But yes, this is where we get the sexual assault from the science teacher. Well, before that, we're going to see the the chalkboard pool. Yeah, the chalkboard pool is before she even goes to, to Buddy, the priest. Yeah, I wrote down the chalkboard whirlpool was kind of dope. I really liked it. It's cheesy enough, 
but still looks good. I thought it looked good until you could absolutely tell where the pool was. I don't want that. I want it to look like she's being pulled into a chalkboard. Right, but first of all, it's, it's com- I, th- I think it's compositing. I, is I that think what it's you call ha- that? No, I don't think it is. Oh. Because the w- if you look at the whirlpool, the whirlpool isn't going underneath the wall it it the pool conforms to the size of the chalkboard so they literally like built a floor that looked like the wall in the classroom cut a pool into it the shape of the chalkboard and started spinning the water within that Mm -hmm. and then set the camera above it to make it look like it was just filming sideways and I loved it. And you got these big cheesy letters that they're supposed to be like letters written on a chalkboard. They're swirling around in it. It said on the chalkboard, help me. Yeah. uh Which I was like, again, that's a exorcist reference. I get what you're doing, but who is writing help me at this point? Right. It's certainly not Mary Lou. Mary Lou's, yeah, not writing it. Vicky's the one seeing this right now. Mm -hmm. That was confusing. It's just supposed to be creepy. Again, this this is reshoots, so... They're just throwing shit in to make it creepier, to to up the creativity. And it is more creative, but it also, like, it doesn't reinforce anything in the movie. Well, once Mary Lou has pretty much taken over her, she's going to, yeah, she's going to show up wearing all these 50s clothes, which she looks really cute. Uh-huh. And she starts talking like Mary Lou does, you know, see you later, alligator. Uh-huh. But she also kind of ditches her friends, tells her to scram to uh-huh. one of her best friends. Yeah. And the guy who we end up not liking later, he's going to say, Josh. she's possessed, man. Linda Blairsville. Uh-huh. And totally calling out the fact that the exorcist does exist in this universe. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. And then when the teacher grabs her ass, like she lights the guy on fire and that scares her friend. And I'm like, even if you knew that that meant that she was possessed, I'd be like, that was cool. Yeah. Good for you. And she even says, I'm just swell. And the girl goes, nobody says swell anymore. Yeah, she's like really disturbed by the fact that she says swell. You know who says swell? Krista. I say swell. Mm-hmm. I have for years. People ask me, how you doing? I say I'm swell. Everything's swell. Nobody says swell anymore. Well, it's right at this point that we're going to, around this point that we're going to see our protagonist, well, now possessed. So, like, it's not supposed to be her, but it is her. Yeah, it's totally her. naked. Yes, one hundred percent full frontal naked. And her and friend it, Monica and it felt a little shocking. bit too. Yes, it did. It did, especially since they do a really good job of like painting her as this innocent figure, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when she comes out and she is like, I guess that wasn't originally scripted that way. And the actresses and the director, like, had a conversation about it. And they made agreements as to how they're going to be shot and stuff like that. And they spent, like, a couple days filming nude scenes in front of a crew or whatever. It's weird for a horror movie, but I'm like, I feel like that was effective. It is very effective. Like, Tina being naked in Friday Part 5, A New Beginning, that we just watched. Totally unnecessary. But this... Well, I wouldn't say it's necessary. I would say it did contribute to the film. It did contribute to what was being communicated. And again, this is where I started to be like, faculty? Like, Uh because she's walking around naked. And in the faculty, you're shocked at the idea. But Uh this is just, no, see her Mm -hmm. being possessed. And that is essentially exactly what's happening in the faculty. She's being taken over by an alien. Yeah. And so neither of these characters 
the neither of the personas we're seeing would give a shit yeah. if you saw them naked because it's not their body. Uh-huh. And I think that that is effective, but this is super effective. But like, I I think the faculty loves uh, the people who made it love this movie. <laughs> Maybe. So she goes into the shower where Monica, her friend, is and apologizes to her because they got into an argument. And tries to, like, make out with Yeah, her. but then, like, tries to – and they, the movie doesn't treat it like it's a sexual thing to titillate you, regardless of the fact that apparently the writer, who is now directing stuff – again, this isn't this isn't one of those reshoots, but when he did, he went to Wes Craven, I guess, and asked him, like, what should I do? And he told them, give them a hard-on, give them a scare, and send them home is what Wes Craven told him, or something to that effect. This is the original director. Yes, you're seeing young women naked, but it it doesn't feel titillating. It feels violating. Mm-hmm. And so when Vicky, like, sort of comes on to Monica, Monica, like, rejects her and is scared. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Who are you? You're not Vicky. I, I feel unsafe right now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, so it... She gets out of there as fast as she can, and she's trying to run away from Vicky, but the whole locker room and the showers are all locked up, and she can't get out. And she's hiding among the lockers, and Vicky is giving this monologue. Mm-hmm. Just like in Faculty, yes. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up hiding in one of the lockers where Vicky somehow knows she is, and then she says, just like what played at the prom in the 50s, a wop bop a bop a wop bam smash. And the lockers from either side of the locker that Monica is in just crush in on her. And very obviously not real. There's just like this skin-colored and bloody goop that comes out. It's like chili almost. Yeah, uh, but it's like pink, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so it's obviously not real, but what it's communicating is a little shocking. It's like, holy shit. Yes. Oh my God. Good Lord. (laughs) So Bill is finally like, no, something's going on. (laughs) And so he also goes to Mary Lou's grave. First, the, 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 are you talking about the principal? Yeah. uh He has this crazy ass nightmare about his son being murdered. Oh yeah. uh Uh-huh. And he needs to protect his son. Again, like they, they, they treat him like he has, while he did do something absolutely terrible, he's tried to live a good, honest life since then. And he cares deeply about his son, of course, and he wants to protect him. He ends up going to Mary Lou's grave and digging it up just to prove that she's down there. And when he does, he finds Buddy Cooper, the priest, who has been killed and buried in her grave. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I don't remember that. Well, that was probably one of the scenes I was bored in. Yeah. So we're about at prom time. Well, yeah, okay, so the night of prom, first of all, we're going to see that that horse demon is still there, so no, that was not Mary Lou's spirit, that's no, just a horse demon. And she's like, there's a scene where she's like laying it. on it and petting it and stuff like, like that, like it's her pet. familiar or something. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is the night of prom, she is all dressed up to go out and she makes out with her dad and like- Oh my god! Her dad is into it! What the it, fuck which is was that? super, super creepy, it reminded me here of the loved ones. yes. I, I think, honestly, okay, like, immediately you're like, oh, I don't like that because you really like the dad up to this point. Yeah. This movie has a tendency to just, like, turn your perceptions of characters on a dime. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those moments. And it's it's almost like the movie is saying, well, he's fucking repressed. And 
he loves his wife, but he obviously hates how she is now. And I'm sure he gets no satisfaction from her. And I'm not saying like, well, she doesn't give him head, so he's going to fuck his daughter or anything like that. That's not what I mean. What I mean is like he he obviously feels repressed. And so emotionally, and like if his daughter wasn't his daughter, he would probably be more attracted to somebody like his daughter than his wife. Because she reminds him of what he was attracted in his wife originally, you know? What he found attraction in his wife originally. And now he doesn't get any of that. And so instead, he fucking turns. And when she goes to make out with him, he responds in the affirmative. Starts making out with her too. And then the mom walks in on them. And it's like, dude, no, dude, you suck. You're pathetic. That's Mm -hmm. shitty. Yep. Yep. Like, I understand what's going on behind your eyes. But that's fucked. (laughs) And yes, it's not really her, but he doesn't fucking know that. And of course, the mother calls her a Jezebel and a harlot and Uh tells her that she must repent. And she tells her father Cooper isn't home or whatever it is (laughs) and leaves. Father Cooper's busy right now. Meanwhile, Vicky's boyfriend is also getting ready to go to the prom and to help his girlfriend, and his father is like, nah, dog, and just knocks his own kid out. Yes, hits him with a shoe. Where are my shoes? Right here. <laughs> At the prom, we're going to see the chick who wants to be the queen. Her boyfriend Kelly. is a drunk asshole. Mm-hmm. And she, yes, her dress, Rizzo's dress. And I'm like, did they do it on purpose? Or had they just never seen Greece? I'm so confused. And she's, I love the way when she was talking about it earlier, she was describing it as if it's the most gorgeous thing in the world. And I'm like, <laughs> like the big poofy shoulders or whatever she was describing. I'm like, one poofy yeah, shoulder one, with oh, a bow. Oh, and a big bow. And I was like, she's like really excited about that. And I'm like, oh my God. Red 80s, with black polka dots, has a Spanish suck. flair. Yeah. Uh-huh. You ever see Grease? That is, that is Rizzo's dress. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, so we find out that it was a blowjob that the guy asked for, and she does. Yeah, so she, she does. gives him a blowjob while he changes the votes. But it's not gonna work. She she leaves, and while he's at the computer, he says he's going to do it again, which is weird. Like, weren't you doing it while she was giving you head? Or he had to, like, press enter. Yeah, I don't I know. fucking know. So when he does, the computer attacks him with electricity. <laughs> because Mary Lou is not gonna lose her moment in the sun. Right, and, like... Which, by the way, Vicky got it fair and square. She did. She did win. And then I know and then that Kelly nobody gives a shit about prom queen, but girls give a shit about prom queen. But then, but then <laughs> Kelly did something that she felt super uncomfortable with because this was so important to her. And yes, she is a villainous character, but she obviously felt strongly about something so as to, in her mind, degrade herself. And she's not proud of that. And then... Ultimately, what's going to happen is the spirit is going to kill Josh with the computer and then change the results back. Like blue lightning effect. (laughs) It's terrible. Like fries his face (laughs) and uh, and change it back to Vicky. And so when it's announced that Vicky won and Kelly realizes it, just like seeing what's going on on her face and behind her eyes, like you just you genuinely feel for her. I did at least. Like She's a bitch. Cerebrally, I know. But like <laughs> empathetically, I'm like, oh my God, that had to be devastating. Yes. It's obviously but it super important to you. Doesn't matter 
Because no. Vicky is going to get shot. Because Bill <laughs> climbed up into the rafters again. Just like he did before. This time with intention. Because and, she cannot have her moment. And just refuses to let her have it. She's killing people to have this moment. <laughs> he just fucking unloads in her chest. And remember, it's Vicky's body. You yes. Know? Like, he's, he's killing He's killing this Vicky. young girl. Yes. I mean, he doesn't know it, but ultimately she's going to be fine. Well, yeah. No explanation. Just all of a sudden she's alive again. Yeah. So what happens is she's dying and her boyfriend, Bill's son, is going to show up eventually and be like, oh, no, are you? Don't die. Don't die. And then we have. This is nuts. We have a diva Plava Laguna moment (laughs) where like her stomach opens up as she's lying dead on stage. And then his hand comes out out now. And. Out comes a completely charred and fried yes. Mary Lou. And over time, she's going to become more and more like she originally was. She's going to start healing up. When she first comes yeah, out, it's uh-huh. crazy. And she's going to start using her carry powers to kill everyone in this room. I wrote down, okay, so it's just carry It's just now. carry. Locking doors, dropping things on people. Which, by the way, these people, people. these people did nothing to this girl. They did nothing. <laughs> they had nothing to do with what happened to her. Yeah, and so I forget who it is that's running away from her, whether it's the boyfriend or whether it's Bill. It's somebody, and they, like, go downstairs and then behind, like, this equipment gate. Right? And then at the top of the stairs, so it's all dark, and at the top of the stairs, the doors open, and it's severely backlit. And you see Mary Lou. So it's actually Mary Lou now. She's standing at the top of the stairs, and like I say, severely backlit. And she's standing there like, I'm gonna come get to And he's just looking at her through this gate. And then she just pops up right in front of his face. Like, so they didn't cut away at it or anything. Her body is still up there, and then all of a sudden she pops up and covers that up. And I thought that was a cool jump scare. It was cheesy. It was simple. It was really easy to do, but effective. I thought that was pretty cool. I want to give this movie credit when it does cool things. But yeah, so she's she's going to terrify him that way. But then she's going to pretend to be Vicky again. And as a trap. Oh, it's like, a, you don't hurt me, him, I'm still Vicky. Yeah. yeah, to send him into a vortex. Like there's this yeah. like white what white light vortex going on in the background. Everything's going. We called weird. them the deadlights at the time. Oh yes, because the the chest is open and it has the lights right, and he's getting sucked in. And yeah, it looks like it's this rotating light that he can't stop staring at, and I'm like it's the it's the deadlights. <laughs> and but then Mary Lou finally gets the tiara. Bill in this puts moment. the tiara on her head. Which causes her grave to explode? Yeah, so in that moment, the camera flies in fast motion out of the school. So, like, through the halls, out of the school, past all the people who are collected outside with the ambulances and cop cars and everything, all the way to the graves, to her tombstone, at which point it suddenly explodes. That's all she needed. And suddenly Vicky is alive and well. Yes. And Mary Lou is gone. She just wanted to be crowned. Senior prom queen. Prom queen. Mm-hmm. Never got her moment, because... Uh-huh. That guy. And so Bill, instead of instead of setting her on fire, instead of shooting her in the chest, just puts the crown on her fucking head, and then that ends it. Mm-hmm. Mary Lou plays again. Uh-huh. And they go to go home. 
but Michael Ironside picks him up and starts playing that song. Yeah. And says, hey kids, they're playing our song, and you know it's Mary Lou. We get a Nightmare on Elm Street tacked on ending where, oh, oh, it's still scary. Mm-hmm. You thought you got rid of it, but it's not actually. I feel that that's a little bit unnecessary, but it is a nice little throwback to a couple years prior. We got Nightmare on Elm Street, right? So that is Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Yes. What do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelsey? Uh, sure, it's middling. I'm going to say 56. That is dead on. 56%. There is no consensus statement because I think there's just 18 reviews. A Metacritic of 48. No cinema score. Do you think that that is overrated or underrated? I'll say a little underrated. I think for sure it's underrated, but by how much? Look, we made it sound like it was a lot of fun, but there's a lot to this movie that is just... A lot that we didn't talk about. A slog. Yeah. Like, ugh, I don't care, you know? And like, the main girl, Vicky, I don't know it's her fault. I think she's trying to show that she is a specific type of person, but whenever it was her on screen, it was just like... Oh my god, it did every, just, everything gets deflated. Uh-huh. And it's hard to get through. So. You gave the original a 76. I gave it a 72. I am going to give this a 67. I was just going to give it a straight 70. I think that this is interesting enough to have a 70 score. But like you say, there's a lot we didn't expressly talk about because it's just boring. I think this movie is more ambitious than you might expect. Yes, well, because it wasn't supposed to be a sequel. It had every uh-huh. ambition to be its own film. Right. And I think that shines here. Mm-hmm. It was not trying to rely on things that had already happened. Yeah. And so I'll I'll eke it up into the 70s for me. So 67 for you and a 70 for me. Yeah, I mean, take take of that what you will. Moving into our next film, 2020's Killer Prom, which was a Lifetime original. Also made in Canada, mind. Oh, yes. Both these movies were made in Canada. That's another connection between Canadian them. horror films about prom. Yeah. Written by Andrea Canning and directed by Alexander Carrier. Carrier? I, I don't know. Starring Yvonne Zima, Mark Lutz, and Erica Anderson. Released in the UK as I Will Steal Your Life, which is probably a little more accurate as to what it is. Yes. What is Killer Prom about? A crazy woman who wants the perfect life kills people to get it. Yeah, she's trying kind to take of. her cousin's life. She and then She kills her cousin in order to take over her cousin's life, her family, all the stuff she has. It is available. It's very straightforward. There are no twists. There's no turns. That is the story. She is just doing anything she can to take over Uh this woman's life. And when we say it's straightforward, we'll get into exactly what we mean by that. You can watch it with a subscription to Hoopla. You cannot rent it because it is only $4 to buy because it's treated as an episode of television. Ah. $4 on Amazon, Voodoo, and Apple. Should people watch Killer Prom? No. Not even as a curiosity. This movie has nothing to offer. It's not a so bad, it's good. No. It's just bad. Yeah. And honestly, it's, yeah, exactly. It's not even, it's not even like bad that it's funny. It's no. just, this is the story we're telling you. This woman wants to be this other woman. Can do whatever she needs to do to get it. Everything is so telegraphed. The moment 
the moment you see this woman interact with the family that she wants to steal, you know exactly what's going to happen. And they tell you over and over and over again that that's what's happening. Because every single thought that these people have is spoken aloud. Yes. And, okay, I, like... The main chick is fine, I guess, with what she has to work with. But the rest of the acting is absolutely terrible. The writing is so horrible. I would say when the script asks the most of the main actress is when she does the best. But just trying to look like a normal-ass person or seem sinister, it's really bad. And this is for a Lifetime movie. It's bad. Mm -hmm. Lifetime makes some cheesy-ass, you know made-for-television movies about women doing bad things, and this is really bad even for that. <laughs> is it Amityville theater bad? No. No. But that it's, almost makes it worse. The people, the, the people who made this know how to make a movie. like Barely. But they know... They know about lighting, they know about yeah. sound, they know about story. Like, at least, this is not this is not made by people who have absolutely no idea what right. they're doing. Whereas Amityville Theater is made by aliens who heard about the concept of a movie <laughs> and tried to make it. This is made by people who have seen movies before and have probably even worked on sets so they know how a movie is made. But they have no skill in that like they have no flair they have no style it's just they know logistically how a camera works <laughs> at least right so don't watch killer prom please no. take our advice don't leave it when we get back we will talk about 2020's killer prom what, did you think there'd be a trailer for this moist garbage of a movie? Even Lifetime is ashamed of it. Listen, before we get started, I feel like I need to point this out because it's bothering me now since I was pulling resources for the edit, which we already started on the first half of the episode. Hello, Mary Lou wasn't recorded until 1960. That was Johnny Duncan. And then in 1961 by Ricky Nelson. Well, the Mary Lou song that plays in the movie is 1959. That doesn't help. Hello, Mary Lou is also played in the movie. Mm. So both of those songs are played in the movie, which Mary Lou dies in 1957, two years prior to any of these songs coming out. Mm -hmm. I just figured I had to point that out. Mm -hmm. These songs would not be in the rotation at their prom. <laughs> we agree. Because they hadn't even been recorded yet. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Killer Prom begin? A family reunion. I guess. Yeah, where we meet our main family. Uh, there is a mother, mother, father, daughter, son, and the daughter is in her senior year of high school. And even though prom is... Like, what, eight months away? So that would mean it's got, if it's eight months away, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, okay, so school year is generally only about nine months. So this is maybe like October so or September? It, it doesn't make any sense either way because she's she's looking at dresses. Well, the mom does say it's months away. And her response to that is I've planning been, started at the beginning of the year. Planning started day one. Yeah, as if. That was like a month That was a while ago. ago. I know it's stupid, <laughs> but, but yes, it is. It this this is happening seven months before the rest of the movie happens, and then prom is still like a couple weeks away. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
so at the party, we meet this other woman who I guess is the mother's cousin. Cousin. They were they were kids together. Yeah, they grew up together. And she goes around, she's just complimenting everyone in the family, but she does seem to be hitting on the husband. Like, very obviously, like, none of this, I would say that this movie has absolutely zero subtext. As a matter of fact, our main villain, this Sienna person, goes around vocalizing every thought she has. Yeah, just in case you didn't understand what was going on. Even if it's just to herself. (laughs) And sometimes that gets her in trouble. That will be a plot point one time. They're not pretending like she's not, like, they're not pretending like it's in her head. Right. This is my point. No subtext. (laughs) It's not like some creative way to vocalize what's going on in her head, but it's like a narrative device and people can't actually hear. No, she is literally just talking out loud. Yes. (sighs) So this is uh, Sienna Lawton, and uh, she is going to try to infiltrate the Wilson family. And I tell you that right now because it is very obvious from interaction one. Yeah. As soon as she's like to the cousin, Hannah. Let's go on a boat trip. Let's go on a boat trip. I need some girl time. I'm like, oh. You're going to kill her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's very, very obvious. And no one questions her death because she couldn't swim. Right. So, you know, if she fell in the water, there's absolutely no way she could have possibly saved her life. Uh Obviously. Yep. (sighs) But literally no one holds her accountable. Not even the daughter who will later not like her. Like, when she comes back, she's just like, hey, what's up? Which is also funny because the first thing we hear about any character after the prom talk is they see Sienna and they talk about, is she is she doing okay? Like, oh, better than the last time I saw. Like, so she obviously has some mental issues that everyone's aware of. Oh, and she full on says, my mother always wished you had been her daughter because I was damaged goods up here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sensitive. Right. Yeah. Love it. It's funny because she pushes her into the water and the chick is like, you know, I can't swim. So this is <laughs> like, like, that's your response. If this woman pushes you in the water right. and starts to fall fire. Was like, that a mistake? Away. Because I can't swim. <laughs> this is literally what I wrote down. I need some girl time alone on the lake. What? So you can kill her and take her family. Yeah. That is exactly what happens. Yes. So, yeah, seven months later, and the dad is the oh, worst actor. Oh, he's the worst actor in the entire fucking movie. He's really, he's really bad. Terrible. Like, I wrote down, like, I was like, so it's, it's been seven months, so I just don't give a shit about my wife anymore. Right, she asks how he's doing. He's like, well, it's been seven months. <laughs> we're, we're moving on and up. Yeah, we moved into a nicer home. Isn't that great? <laughs> no explanation as to if that was already part of the plan, or, or if they if did it because the or mother the life died. Insurance. Or, yes, or the life insurance paid for it. <laughs> I don't understand why it would, because he was the doctor. No, she was the one who had just gotten the big promotion. She oh, was the right. CEO. Right. Okay, yeah, so maybe the life insurance would cover something like that. But, like, they don't explain it. Hey, it's just out there. I'm all for life insurance. I have life insurance on me. I want my I husband have life to insurance on me. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. gone. Totally. Having life insurance is not the problem. <laughs> it's like, as much as every single line in this movie is exposition... They don't, they just drop that they moved into a nicer house and no explanation of what the context is. So we have to assume. So every time that you you would want subtext because they have under-explained something, you don't get it. Even then. <laughs> they live in Philadelphia, which is unimportant. Unimportant. Anyway, but they do. But they, Sienna they lives in California. And but this all is, this is all filmed in Canada. Right. 
Why couldn't it be in Canada? Yeah, why wasn't it take place in Canada? Canada is never Canada. It's always a stand-in for another city. And she asks, how are the kids doing? And he goes, well, my daughter won't speak to me and my son's having nightmares. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, Dad. He's the worst actor. He's terrible. I mean, it's also terrible writing, but he's just an awful actor as well. This is what I wrote. Every every conversation is just an exposition dump. This is what is happening. (laughs) This is what I am feeling. (laughs) Okay, so... Cut to the chick at high school, which, by the way, there's no way this chick is in high school. No. She looks so old. <laughs> she doesn't look so old. But she doesn't look like a high school student. Right. Anyway, so she's all excited because she thinks she's getting her promposal, but it, it ends up being that the guy promposes to the bully at the school. There's, yes, another bully at the high school. Uh-huh. And he proposes to his ex to go to prom. We get a little bit of context that she was expecting him to propose to her. Yeah, even though, like, they weren't dating. But, I like, think they were. They, they were, were quote-unquote, hanging out. I think that's what kids call it nowadays. Right, but but when when Maya, the girl, is upset and she's about to try, just try to walk away, just go around it, not worry about it or whatever... The the bully girl, I, I don't know if that's Violet or her friend is Violet. Isn't it Cat? It's Cat, yes. Violet is her friend, I think. Yeah. So when, when she's trying to walk by, Cat steps in front of her intentionally and is like, I guess he's not over me. Yeah. So, okay, we're doing some world building. But again, not enough. Okay, now here's a weird thing. I'm just going to tie up this whole little story right here because uh-huh. I think it's very strange. Sure. There is this idea that she got, like, a fake phone number to come out of her phone to text the guy. They found this out through hacking. <laughs> to, tell, to tell the guy that... She, that Maya didn't want to Maya, go to prom anymore. Ask whoever you want. But it came from a random number, not from Maya's phone number. No, it did come from Maya's phone number. It did? Okay. Yeah, and then so that's why they got the hacker guy to figure out what number it really came from. and Which is not how it works, because... When she's upset at her, I guess, boyfriend person, and he's like, what do you mean you're upset? You told me you weren't going to go and that I can ask whoever I want. And she's like, I never said that. Here's the text. She's like, can you forward that to me? And then she takes the forwarded text. That's not how text messages work. When you forward a text message, it's just the text. You don't get all the metadata that goes along with it. And then even if it was metadata, it would just say that it came from that number. It wouldn't show you any of the underlying data that you would need to find out that it was a spoofed phone or anything like that. And what the metadata reveals is that Kat is the one that actually spoofed Maya's phone in order to send this message. So I guess so she could get asked. And then she's all butthurt when he drops that invitation to ask Maya again later on. And acts like confused right. about it. So which, did Sienna do this? And she when could have she have? possibly known about it. She wasn't it. there yet. Yeah, it doesn't, it, that, it's so weird. It is strange. Like the whole time I was expecting them to say that that's what happened, but I, but I was wondering, yeah. how are you possibly going to make that make sense? And they just don't. It so I guess it out. had to be that Cat really did that it. did it. So why does Cat act so confused? Right, yeah. I don't know. Bad storytelling is what it is. So, yes, she's very upset. She didn't get her promposal, which somebody called it. I think it's her friend Violet said. Promposed. Yeah. Promposed. 
or something like that. Like the way she pronounced it was really funky. It's happening. What? I just heard Jake is proposing to someone today. It has to be you. It's about time he asked me to prom. Apparently, he finally broke up with Miss Resting Bitch Face over the weekend. I swear, she can make Corella Deville cry. It's like, no, the emphasis goes on prom, because it's like a proposal, but the interesting part is that it's for prom. So it's a promposal. <laughs> right? Yes. I don't know. The way she says it is weird. Is <laughs> proposing to someone. Sienna finds out about all this, because Sienna shows up, because she's moving back to Philly. She pretends that she's going to be a... A real estate real agent. Estate she's agent? a real estate agent in California, she says. But she's not. So she, but she, her, her cover is that she needs to take the Philadelphia exam to get her license there. Which is in June. And yeah, it's going to take like seven, eight weeks or something like that. And she has no plan for what happens at the end of this time. But we'll find out later that she was a real estate agent's secretary or something. And so this is all made up anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and she just is hoping against hope that she gets it done in her eight weeks or whatever it is that she has. I don't, yeah, I I guess she just expected him to just not care that she wasn't. Right. He offered to let her stay there while she was working on that. Because in Stepfather, he actually has a job. Yes. So, you know, but then he lies about Leaving it. Yeah, he, he quits or at some point or gets fired, one of the two. I don't remember. Yeah, so she's going to come and show up. So she does. And so she finds out about this whole prom thing. And she's like, well, let me tell you about my prom situation. When I was in high school, my friend dared to say yes to the guy she knew I wanted to go with. Little does the girl know she's talking about her parents. Yes. Yeah, she wanted Tony to invite her, but instead... He invited Hannah. And I guess Tony was just never aware of this? Yeah. And that's the implication, but we are also told explicitly that when Hannah was in her senior year, Sienna was a sophomore. Mm. So I guess she was just that out of it that she expected a senior to ask her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then she says, but it's a good thing I didn't go because somebody spiked the punch with castor oil. And it was a vomit fest or whatever. And, like, I love, see, this is one of that the was, ones yeah. it's like, ooh, was that her? Was it y not yeah, her? Yeah, you could have these little, if, like, if it did that more often, mm -hmm. because there are moments where it's like, was that her? But in a confusing way, because you, you don't have enough information, or the information you do have makes it almost explicit that it could not have been her. Yeah, I wish so, we hadn't seen that she did certain things. Like, yeah. Uh -huh. Like, I wish we hadn't seen that she killed the wife. Yeah. I uh -huh. wish she had just come back and then, like, she drowned. That would have been a much more compelling story. Mm-hmm. Like, just the tiniest little changes. Uh -huh. But they needed that because there's only two kills in this entire there movie. There are only two kills. Yeah. But so, okay, so she is trying to take over, but they already have this nanny lady. Okay, how is she introduced the very first time she's mentioned? What does Tony say to Sienna about Janet? I don't know. That she is a second mom to the kids. Oh, okay. Like, oh, well, she's next. Yes. And she absolutely is. And she immediately, basically, she doesn't basically, she literally pushes her out of the way to cook breakfast. Yeah. And the and nanny's then we just see like, her, okay. We see her take something from the fridge, a mug from the fridge to drink it, which I guess she keeps her little drink in there and takes one sip at a time. Like, okay, well, that's how she's going to do it. Like, yep. it's just so, everything is so... Telegraphed. Finds Nothing out that she is a surprise in this movie. Finds out that she's a recovered alcoholic by going through her purse mm -hmm. to find her two-year chip. Puts something in. We don't know what. Put something no, in her No, we do. Drink. Oh, we do? What yeah, is it? Yeah, she puts um, 
coolant. Oh, right. Wouldn't that kill her, you, though? Well, in small enough doses, it just fucks with you. Oh, really? It yeah, wouldn't kill uh-huh. you? Well, I think it'll make you sick. But yeah, there are levels to it. You drink a little bit, you get disoriented. You drink a little more, you get sick. You drink a little bit more, you could die. Well, so she puts that in her drink and and, and like does it when she's going to drive the kids. So And then she recalls and reports her as a drunk driver. And they literally show up two seconds later to, to get this lady. But when they do all the toxicology reports, they're like, she didn't have any alcohol in her system. Yeah, that's the other thing. Oh, the breathalyzer was broken. Because they're like, well, couldn't they just give her a breathalyzer and know that she hadn't been drinking? And so they had to come up with this convoluted, the breathalyzer was broken, so they took a blood test. And they won't know for a couple of days. Like, come on. But in the meantime, Tony fires her. Yes. Also, we get the hacking where she takes advantage of this guy that had a crush on her in high school in order to find out who the source of that text and was. It's like, why not just be with that guy? Right. But she That's the guy that likes you. But Tony's the perfect guy. He's handsome and he's rich and he's white. Because <laughs> this guy is not. But yeah, I wrote down, you're going to put that much antifreeze in her drink and hope she doesn't notice? Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> She also takes Maya to get to go uh, dress shopping and, oh my God, falls in love with the same dress that Maya falls in love with and is like talking to herself about like she accepted an actual proposal wearing that dress in the mirror. Again, out loud. Yes. I said yes. (laughs) Oh, I said yes. Sienna? When Maya comes out wearing the dress, the same dress that Sienna is holding up to herself in the mirror, hears it and is like, well, that's weird, and doesn't think anything of it. Don't worry, we'll use that in an epiphany montage later. (laughs) Wait a minute, that's what she was saying in the mirror. (laughs) And they don't get the dress. Yeah, I thought it was so strange. She says explicitly that your dad said we can get you whatever you want. And they don't get the dress, despite the fact that she loved it. Just so we can have an opportunity later that Sienna can go back and buy it in two different sizes and act like it's a gift. That she's still using Tony's money. (laughs) And there's no reason why they wouldn't have bought, like, she's super excited, Maya, that she gets the dress. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what? If she was that excited, why didn't they buy it then? Yeah, I was very confused about that as well. Why Why is this a gift now? Either way, it would have been dad's money. Like, you didn't it, like this dress. Can you tell why? I thought it looked fine on her. I didn't think it looked great. It has, it's so it has like one shoulder, but then there's a cutout in the shoulder. So like it just exposes yeah, the corner have, of your shoulder. Uh, one shoulder dresses. Yeah. And then it's like really tight under the armpit on the other side. And so like, I don't know. I never like tube tops, but it gives that tube top look. And here's the thing. There are, there are beautiful, lovely women out there. That just don't buy a dress to suit their type. Like, it it accentuates all their flaws and tones down all their positives, right? Like, that you could be absolutely stunning and wearing the wrong clothes. You don't look as good. That's just the way it, it works. Maya is a perfectly lovely young girl. Young girl. She's like 27. When this <laughs> but that dress just does not look good on her. It doesn't look elegant. It doesn't look flattering. Like, I don't know why you would see that dress of all dresses and go, oh. <gasps> That's the one. And it's just like a solid dark blue color. Like, there's nothing special about this dress. But it needed to be a dress that they can get in two different sizes that would fit both of these women. (laughs) For the purposes of the filming, that is. 
when she's going to tell the guy that, you know, I never sent that and he's going to make the change and ask her out instead, when the chick uh, approaches her and is like, what the hell? Sienna is going to approach her and say, and threaten to kill her in a basement. Hey, little girl. What do you want? No one speaks to me or my cousin that way. What are you going to do about it? Tell my mommy? No. I'm going to drag you by your pretty hair into a basement, tie you up, so no one will ever find you and no one will hear you scream. The next time you see my cousin, you're going to apologize to her. It's so, like, it's supposed to be like, oh, shit, right? But it's not that intimidating. It's just weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Anyway. She also really gets the kids on her side by, like, sometimes letting the guy, the boy never have to do his homework, even though... Janet, who was still there, wants her to do him to do the homework. But then later, it shows that she does get the kids to do their homework. Yeah, and she impresses the husband. I mean, it partially seems like she is a good mother, and if she just wasn't conniving, who knows what would have happened? Uh, I have down here. I can't believe her talking to herself is actually a plot point. That's my next note because they have that barbecue that Tony gives her the responsibility of planning or whatever, and he's going to be cooking the whole time, and we get to meet. Tony's doctor assistant lady, who's like his third hand. Is definitely into him. Yes. Like, absolutely. And again, she got a divorce a couple years ago or whatever. Is he totally not aware of that? He's such a doofus. I can't tell. I can't tell if it's just his bad acting or if he's not supposed to be aware. And they're about to go on a trip to Texas for a conference and they're going to be alone together. And she says something about, who knows, I might meet the man of my dreams in Texas. It's like, it's obvious she's talking about Tony. So, Sienna excuses herself to go and talk to herself in the bathroom, and I love this comment. She's like, she belongs in a brothel who wears a red dress to a barbecue. Oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I was at the she-she event. Who wears a tight red dress to a barbecue? She belongs in a brothel. I, you know what, though? I will say that was compelling. She shows up, because Sienna, when she first mentions it to this Lauren woman, says explicitly casual dress. And then she shows up in this, like, red gown. Well, because she says she's at she was at an I know, event. But was she? We don't know. <laughs> and that's actually compelling. And I want more of that <laughs> with all the Sienna stuff. I want her to be just as compelling as this Lauren woman is. And so she further says to herself in the mirror, you are the host. You are the lady of the house. Not Lauren, and that's yeah. when Lauren is listening in. She's like, uh. Yeah. And Sienna opens the door, she's like, uh. Pull yourself together. You are the host of this barbecue. You are the lady of this house. After our prom night, I'm going to be Tony's wife, not you, Lauren. I was just waiting for the bathroom. Great party. The prom. His wife. She's like, I gotta go. And she's gonna leave and she says to Tony. She's gonna go work out. Yeah. And it's funny because she says, I have a date 
with the name of the gym. Yeah, Joel. And then she Joel's says, gym. Yeah, but it's funny because the because Sienna's like, oh, she has a date. Uh-huh. Maybe I don't have to kill her. Oh no, she is here's, doing that. Here's the other problem though: if you're not watching it with subtitles, imagine you have Joel's possessive, and then or or maybe it's a contraction. Joel is Jim. Like another dude's name, J-I-M. Hey, I think I'm going to head out. So really? Yeah, I have a date with Joel tomorrow. Joel. Joel's gym. <laughs> what are you supposed to gather from? I have a date with Joel. Joel, Joel's gym. Jim? Who's Jim? Like, it's it'd be really confusing if I didn't see it spelled out on the screen, G-Y-M, is what I'm saying. <laughs> another reason to have subtitles on all the time. <laughs> uh, and she says to Tony... We really need to have a conversation tomorrow. And so that's Sienna's like, oh, I got to take action now. Yeah. And she does not do some convoluted plan. She just she pushes her, her down, down the, the stairs. stairs. In this gym that apparently has no security cameras anywhere. Yes. Yes. Because nobody even, let alone, okay, so let's say, fine, you don't have cameras in the stairwell, which is stupid, but let's say you don't. Right? I could see a world where that might be the case. But they apparently also don't have any security cameras outside that would have said, hey, it's weird that your cousin just happened to be there the morning of. And, and the whole point is that she goes there early in the morning so she could be alone because there's nobody there. Which I don't know if you've ever had a gym membership. There's almost no time where there's nobody there. You go there early in the morning. There are so many people there. Absolutely. <laughs> there are those early gym people. Like, it, it, they exist. Mm-hmm. So, but whatever. Let's take that for granted. So, there are only going to be two cars, and the police never thought to look at who that might that other car might belong to or anything. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Okay, fine. But now Lauren's out of the picture. Oh, oh. It is a Wilhelm scream when Lauren falls down the stairs. Not even like a woman screaming sounding like Wilhelm. It is just straight the Wilhelm scream. It's really bad. Hello, Lauren. Sienna, what are you doing here? Teaching you a lesson. What are you talking about? Man stealing is not okay. Tony is mine. Stay away from me. Did you do that on purpose? Like, is it it supposed to be funny? I can't tell. Like, was it supposed to be an internal joke? Like, we can put the Wilhelm scream here and it's funny for us, but nobody's going to notice. Oh, we noticed. No, yeah, we noticed. And, ooh, this is filmed really terribly, I thought. Like, the blood doesn't look real and it's all grainy for some reason. Uh It's badly shot. So, the daughter is going to start to question if Sienna is a good person or not. Right. But when she goes to speak to her dad, she's going to be talking at the loudest level possible and uh-huh. knowing that she's right outside the room. Yep. And Sienna's going to come in and she's going to explain she has an everything for away, everything. Including the, the, the fact that Maya found a size four dress in her room. And Sienna was like, well, when I went to get the dress, I couldn't remember what size it was that you had. So I thought it was two, but it might have been a four. So I got both of them, and I just haven't had a chance to return the size four yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a bad excuse. Not a bad excuse. But here's a question. You're Sienna. You want Tony to fall in love with you. You're going to wear the same dress as his daughter. Right? Isn't that weird? I guess unless you're one of the dads from Prom Night 2 or the loved ones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and this is where it's going to really get into the loved ones territory here. Yeah. So, the night of the prom, right? Is Mm -hmm. that where we are? 
they take pictures and everything. This guy is great that she's dating. He's like the perfect gentleman. And they got a limo and they're driving and she seems troubled. And when they arrive at the prom, he asks her what's going on. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I have to go back because she has this epiphany and we start to start to see flashbacks to all the inconsistencies that she's realized all the stuff that was extremely obvious to us in the moment and that she just is such a complete buffoon that she had <laughs> no idea what was going on, but it's finally dawning on her of what's going on. Well, at home, her father's been drugged and everyone has noticed that she's gotten her hair and makeup done. Well, no, no, she got her hair done, and yeah. that's what people have noticed. They haven't noticed that she got her nails done. I think she did her own makeup. She got her nails done skin color. Yeah, that's a thing. Right, but like... Some people do those. I, don't. I love that she's talking to the nail lady, and she's like, I'm going to my prom tonight. And the chick's like, okay, because <laughs> she's obviously an adult. Yes, uh-huh. Um, and she just had the drug to pour in the champagne, by the way. Yes, I don't remember. No, no. explanation as to where she got it? I don't remember. Oh, we didn't also talk about the time that she drugged herself to go to the doctor's office. Right. That's where that she met too. Lauren the first time because yes. she wanted to get examined That's by him. That's where she invited her to the barbecue. Yeah. And she drugged herself with allergy medication. She took like three of them at a time yes. knowing Just that it would get cause her heart, heart rate, rate increased. Yeah. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, she drugs him with something. I don't remember, but it's actually really cute the what she sets up for them. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I had a kid going to prom, I would want to do this because I'm by myself and so I don't get to go to prom That's anymore. something I'm going to have to store in the back of my head. <laughs> but she had a plan for everything. And she had zero actual endgame. Okay, now he's drugged. We're dressed up and everything. Then what? She thought he would fall in love with her. It, it, she had the whole loved one scenario in her head uh i get you dressed up i make it exactly how i want it so you're going to fall in love with me and it's like you are not considering the fact that this is another person but when he wakes up and he's like disturbed by all of this i would say this is where her acting actually gets passable like when she's upset scared there's a moment where she's crying and like a single tear falls after the camera had been on her for a little bit. It was like a perfect single tear came down and like her desperation, like it was the best acting she did. When she's trying to be sinister and sneaky, terrible. She's awful. But when she's like desperate, I believe it. I don't know why that is. Haven't I showed you what a perfect wife I would be? Am I not good enough? Haven't I showed you? I just lost Hannah. She was the love of my life. Oh, no, no, no. This is not about Hannah. Because if it's about Hannah, I'm not good enough. I am not as good as perfect Hannah. No. No. No, I I don't think that. I took a huge risk for us to be together. What are you talking about? Forget it. Doesn't matter. To be clear, Tony, the worst actor in all of the whole movie. Yes, he is awful. So she, because he doesn't fall in love with her, she tries to drown him. Yeah, tied all up and she's going to toss him into the pool. Into the pool where he could just sort of flop to the shallow end. <laughs> but of course, the daughter shows up right at that moment, saves him. She needs to save her dad. So her date, who's like, no, don't worry, I got you. We'll turn around. I'll go with you. You know, now has to fight Sienna, who has a knife and she fucking stabs him. 
Like, oh my god, is this boyfriend gonna get killed? No, no. He survives, don't worry. And they will be awful to him. So don't don't worry, it will happen. And she just like gives up. Like she starts crying and then she gives up. She like feels bad. Which I thought was a little compelling. You know, like it's not, she's not just like, in her mind, she's not evil. She's just trying to, she's being proactive. <laughs> so he's proactive, huh? Oh, God, yes. We're talking about a totally outrageous paradigm. <laughs> in order to get what she wants. But when she realizes that everything came like crashing down, she's like, fuck, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Like, and she's not just trying to save herself. She's not trying to run away. She's not trying to do anything. She just collapses devastated that it didn't work out the way that she thought it would. She thought everything was going to be great and it wasn't. And she's so sorry that she hurt people. <laughs> it's like, part of me kind of believes that. Obviously <laughs> she's not just crazy. Yeah. Not in a way that like absolves her of guilt or anything like that. But like, I believe that she's upset that this didn't work out. She it's was a very willing. Murder. She wrote ending. It is. <laughs> oh my God. You're right. I don't know if you guys watch murder. She wrote it all, but like every single ending, this person just admits to everything. Cause they've been caught. It's like, well, the jig's up. Let me explain everything. <laughs> no, no, I don't need a lawyer. Uh, so there's that. And then the whole movie wraps up with a new prom that they have in Tony's backyard because he wanted to take care of his daughter. She didn't get to go to the prom because of everything that happened. So now she gets to dance with her dad there. Here's your boyfriend was stabbed. And this is a new prom for you. Fuck you! He was stabbed! Her mother was murdered by her cousin. That had nothing to do with prom! <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. The movie's terrible. So, Kelsey. Yeah. What do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Is it like 23? I will tell you there is not a single review. Oh, okay. I will also tell you There's that no there is body. not a single verified user review oh no meaning a review by a verified user there is however a single user review unverified from a rachel l <laughs> which gave the movie one and a half stars out of five good rachel says um wow this movie was a struggle to get through the main character quote unquote villain was so cringy to watch why was she talking in a baby voice half the time? It made me cringe. The ending was so corny. I love Lifetime, but even for me, this was rough. So on a 100 point scale, that one and a half points translates into 30. Oh my. It's way too high. I will also say that Rachel, as an unverified user, has given only one other review on all of Rotten Tomatoes. And it was a five-star review for Roman J. Israel Esquire. <laughs> what is that? It's a Washington movie. <laughs> Roman J. Israel Esquire. <laughs> no Metacritic, no cinema score. So for the purposes of <laughs> this show, we will count that as a 30. Normally, normally I write down that like a caveat of, well, this is an audience score. Like if there's no like official score, well, there's at least at least an audience score. This I caveat one single unverified audience rating is what I wrote down. <laughs> well, 30 is far too high for this. Yes, it is. What would you give it? I give it a I'm trying to think of anything to give it positive stars for. There were there were positives. Were there? 
I say her acting at the end was okay. Lauren, did she really go to that party? Or did she just want to dress up <laughs> at a casual party and have an excuse? I'll give it a 10. 10 is probably right. I'm right there with you. I will agree with you that this is a 10. Hardly anything left to the imagination. Everything is spelled out to a T for you. The acting is atrocious. The writing is just as bad. Is it Amityville Playhouse, which is my new standard? Not lesbian angel vampires, but <laughs> what is that called? Life Force? Okay, Life? it's not that it's not that bad. Right. Or or Amityville Playhouse. Those are zeros. Yes. This people seem to know what was involved in the making of a movie. They just couldn't do it very well. <laughs> but yeah, like a ten. Ten. Oh man. That is our prom week. That's gonna go on the lowest for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Here on Pod Cemetery with 1987's Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, and 2020's Killer Prom, a Lifetime original. Mm -hmm. What are we watching next week, Kelsey? Next week is Graduation. Yes, it is. So we're going to watch some movies that we've never seen. The first one is Hide and Go Shriek, which I love that title. And the cover for this is crazy. Awesome title. Really excited for that. Yeah. So, Hide and Go Shriek, it's about graduation night party. Uh-huh. And then, we're, for our modern film, we're going to watch a foreign film. It's German, right? I think so. Dead in Three Days. Yeah, about people that are going to graduate and they get like a phone text call or message. a text message or something like that that says they're going to die in three days. I know what you did last summer. Or seven days. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's or better. Or missed call. One missed call or whatever it is where... Is that the one where they get a voicemail and the voicemail tells them when they're going to die or something like that? I don't remember. There's another movie that's like that. I don't know. But yes, dead in three days, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. That is next week for graduation. Until then, you can always find us at our website, podcemetery.com and on Twitter at podcemetery. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review. Five-star written review is the absolute biggest help you can give us there, but even bigger than that is sharing us with your friends, and even bigger than that is listening in the GD first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Let's cruise. I said hello, Mary Lou. Goodbye, heart. Sweet Mary Lou, I'm so in love with you I knew Mary Lou, we never part So hello Mary Lou, goodbye heart Would you be opposed to getting a really ornate mirror someday? Uh, like a mirror that might be haunted? No why, what were you thinking? I was just thinking it'd be very cool to have a really overly ornate mirror. But like where? Well, hopefully we'll have a foyer someday. Oh yeah, a foyer? Yep. A foyer? People who call it foyer are wrong. <laughs> okay. You ready to do this? You be 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 You ready to do this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did we stop paying attention to you? You guys have been in here too long. Why don't you lay in the bed?
Lay down. Do you want to come up here? Yeah. Why don't you lay down? Lay down or get on mommy's lap. Do you want to pick you up? I don't. Does this make you happy? Are you okay? It's, oh, it's the afternoon. She's tired. She wants to rest. Oh my goodness. What's wrong? A time life. Oh, time life. A time life collection of the sounds of the 80s. Um. <laughs> Right, I could see a world where that might be the case. Hello. Here I come. Are you gonna come up on me? Come on. Yeah, do what she's looking. Are you deaf? Maybe. Do we get a deaf kitty? You yeah. gotta be quiet so we can record. I love you. You gonna go in your little basket? Oh, where he could just sort of flop to the shallow end. <laughs> the fuck was that? She's not happy. She wants us to pay attention. I don't know. <laughs>